Welcome to Made in Mari, the podcast that focuses on the successes and struggles of local businesses. Let's get started. My name's G, I'm your host, and today I'm sitting down with Tracy Saylor, who is Cancer Services Area Manager for Clan Cancer Support. First, good afternoon. Good afternoon, G. Thank you. Can you tell us a little bit about what the organisation does? Yes, um, Clan supports, in a nutshell, anyone affected by cancer across the northeast of Scotland and Orkney and Shetland, given practical and emotional help. Wow. And how did you first find out about the organisation or get involved? Um, myself, I just moved back into the area and um, was looking for a job and saw the vacancy. There weren't, um, clan weren't in Murray at mm-hmm. the time, so there was a vacancy for um, a, a manager to set the centre up in Elgin. So mm-hmm. I applied for that and was lucky enough to be offered the job. Mm. It's a really responsible position that you have. So what kind of things do you have to look after on a daily basis? On a daily basis, um, I cover. I, st- I started off in Elgin, running the centre here, and then was promoted to area manager. So, on a daily basis, I'm constantly taking the overview for all of the services across the community, not Orkney and Shetland, but on the mm-hmm. mainland. So, I have regular updates with my team of staff, with volunteers. Um, the complementary therapists, counsellors if need be. And I also like to be in Elgin for a couple of days a week mm-hmm. um, to run the services here as well. Mm-hmm. We are on the High Street in Elgin, in Murray, and we also have um, premises, well, we, we're with the medical centre in Lossiemouth, mm-hmm. where they very kindly let us use their facilities. Mm-hmm. And we're there every Thursday afternoon, and we are in Forest as well. Wow. And how does this work and operate? Can people just walk in off the street? Yes, that's the the benefit of Clan. We're just a drop-in service, mm-hmm. so you don't need to have an appointment. And sometimes people just get to such a low ebb that they really need to talk to someone straight away, and that's that's when they can come into Clan. Or they might have newly been diagnosed or had some bad news or equally some good news that they want to share, Mm -hmm. uh, and they can just come through the door. There's always someone here to speak to. Mm -hmm. And when someone walks into the centre, can you describe for me what they would see when they come in? They'll come through the door, which is often a really, really difficult first step for them. We sometimes see people walking backwards and forwards, and um, we wait for them to come in. When they come in, they'll say a very welcome, almost like a, a large living room. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very nice, bright colours, a very friendly environment, and they'll receive a warm welcome from one of our volunteers. Wow. And there's a lot of information, I think, that's also available in the centre. Yes, a lot of people come in, um, they just want information about their cancer or their loved one's cancer so we have all of the Macmillan booklets which give mm-hmm. the, f- the facts about um, what chemotherapy or radiotherapy might entail. Mm-hmm. Um, so they might come in just ask for information or they might want information about how to pay their mortgage or help with benefits so mm-hmm. we can signpost them to the, the people who can help out there. Mm-hmm. And is this just people affected by cancer or is it also families of people? 
No, it's for anyone at all who's affected in any way by cancer. So it's for families, relations, um, friends, carers, anyone who needs any information or any support. And I imagine with a centre like this, you need help from people running the centre. We do. We um, First of all, it, it costs quite a lot of money to run the centre here. Mm-hmm. And overall, for the clan services, we have to raise $2.6 a year to run the services. In in Murray, I would say it's nearer to about 100000 mm-hmm. um to run them. So we, we rely on people making donations and helping us fundraise, but we also need volunteers. Mm-hmm. So the volunteers... Um, we, we couldn't run the services we run without them, and that's for support volunteers, event mm-hmm. volunteers, and we also have um, drivers to help with the transport. What kind of events uh, are you involved in? We do. We do absolutely all sorts, um, and we support people who are third-party fundraisers as well. So mm-hmm. last weekend we had a Christmas fair. We had a table at a Christmas fair. We have got backpacking at um, a major store over a weekend before Christmas. We do the Clan Cavalcade in Murray every year, mm-hmm. which is classic and vintage cars um, going out on a journey across the area. Um, and that's a big fundraiser. We have a pop-up shop in Lossiemouth once mm-hmm. a year. And just generally just being out and about in the community mm-hmm. um, wherever we can. What's a pop-up shop? It's um, like a charity shop, but mm-hmm. rather than it being one charity that's based there, different charities rent the shop out for a week or two, mm-hmm. and all the money that they raise is, is theirs. When you're looking for support, how do you go about the fundraising? Do you have to go out and find organisations, or do people come in? It's It's a mixture. We get... A lot of a lot of clients who've used the services want to give back, so mm-hmm. they are very kind and they arrange a coffee morning, or um, some actually become well enough to run marathons, which is just great. Um, so they'll do that, but we also have to go out and raise money as well, and mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're constantly looking at local grants that we can apply for as well. Mm-hmm. There's all different ways to raise money, and the more help we've got, obviously, the easier it is. Uh Now, as I was coming into the building today, I had to hold the door open for two gentlemen who appeared to be carrying a lighthouse. Um, Could you (laughs) tell us a little bit more about why they were carrying a lighthouse into your uh, building here? Yes, that is um, Light the North, which is our major project, which is starting next year. Mm -hmm. Um, The lighthouses, we're going to have at least 30 two-metre-high lighthouses, which will be out and about across the northeast of Scotland Mm -hmm. and in Orkney and Shetland. And it will be like um, Aberdeen City, I think it was, had the Trail of Dolphins. Uh-huh. So we are working with a company to have these lighthouses where we, they'll be painted um, and look very fancy and lovely. And then mm-hmm. we'll do a trail so people can enjoy going around the area, marking them off. And then at the end, I believe it's November, we'll be having an auction and people will be able to bid to buy them. So good fun, mm-hmm. good for raising awareness um, and also hopefully we'll make some money from that as well. Yeah, I think it's a fantastic idea. And is there any way that 
people can get involved in that still? Yes, we are very much involved in all of the local schools. So we have the mm-hmm. miniature ones, the size you saw come through the door. <laughs> miniature, but still yeah, about... Still a, a metre high. Yeah. So that will be, um, we, because we work with the schools so closely right across the northeast of Scotland, that will mm-hmm. be a bonus to get them involved. And also we're looking for sponsorship for the lighthouses. So if there are any companies out there who are interested in, in sponsoring mm-hmm. a lighthouse, um, please get in touch. Uh, do it. Uh, do it now. Do it soon uh, before all the lighthouses are taken, I think. Definitely. Super. When you come into work, what are the types of tasks that you're involved in here on a daily basis? On a daily basis, um, of course, we all have our diaries planned out and mm-hmm. hope to stick to that. But quite often, that's not the case. Mm-hmm. So a, lo- a lot of my work is um, I can either be in the center, working one to one with the clients, which is very enjoyable um, and then you get to know your clients and who's coming in, the type mm-hmm. of support they need. But um, it's also my job to be, you know, have strategies in place mm-hmm. and to make sure that we're moving forward in the right direction, that clients are receiving the correct services that are suitable mm-hmm. for them. So it, there's not one day the same. It's it's a complete mixture, mm-hmm. managing volunteers and staff, um, arranging fundraising and very much you saw our very complex board, whiteboard. Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness. Good. I've never seen a whiteboard with so much information on it in my life. Um, this must be one of the busiest places <laughs> I've ever been. Wow. And um, when you took me on a little tour through the back, there's, is that a therapy room that you have there? Yes, that's a therapy room. We have three complementary therapists who provide um, therapies such as um, reflex reflexology, massage, Mm -hmm. shiatsu, and -hmm. they offer clients who are affected by cancer, not necessarily just the person who has cancer, but for um, family, because being a carer can also be very stressful, Mm -hmm. both physically and mentally. So, and uh, to enable the carer to stay strong, we need to support them as well. So we have the therapy room there. Mm-hmm. We also do um, mindfulness, relaxation, armchair mm-hmm. yoga. We have mm-hmm. regular classes on so that everyone can come along and join in them. Everything that I should be doing as well that I'm not actually doing. It's so important to make sure that we, we all look after ourselves yeah. physically and mentally. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I'm going to display my ignorance here. Reflexology, massage, and what was the third thing? Shiatsu. <laughs> what is that? That is, it's using pressure points. Okay. And it's, if you imagine something like acupuncture, but without the needles, that's, that's uh-huh. how it's been described. So it's very mm-hmm. much, and it's, it really helps people with with pain. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, and I... I Imagine it's probably a little bit easier without the needles as yes, much, <laughs> as, yes. as well. Wow. When people walk in, what kinds of topics do you find are on their mind? What do they want to talk about? Gosh, that's so varied. Um, when people first come through the door, if it's their first visit, we don't know why they're here. Yeah. So they can come in and they, they might want to talk in great depth they might want to talk in private some of them mm-hmm. will have quite a few tears mm-hmm. um 
and really just need to spend some time being listened to. Mm-hmm. Um, some people will come in asking for transport. They can't get to or from the hospital, so uh-huh. they need help with that. Others, because of the nature of our job, people will come through the door saying, um, I'm here to make a donation. Mm-hmm. Or I've come here, we get medical staff coming in to find out what we do. Mm-hmm. So there's a, a mixture of people all throughout the day coming in. After people have come in, is it possible for them to book another appointment or do they, can they drop back in any time? How does it work? They can call back in any time without an appointment. The only time we do ask um, them to make an appointment is if they want to have a complementary therapy or mm-hmm. if some some clients um, require counselling. So we would need to make an appointment for them for that. And also the children family service we have. Um, Jill Stewart is a, a children and families worker and we would make an appointment for someone to see her. Mm-hmm. And so this is children affected by cancer or children who have people in their family affected by cancer? It's exactly the same as adult services. So uh-huh. it can be children who are affected themselves by cancer, who have mm-hmm. the cancer, or it could be a family member, um, a parent, a sibling, a grandparent. Mm-hmm. I imagine it must be difficult for the children to communicate about that. It can be, depending on their age. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Obviously, teenagers don't want to talk to adults much about anything, yeah. um, so that can be difficult for them. But Jill just seems to work miracles and and is very good at, at getting children of any age to talk about how they're feeling and what they're going through. Yeah, and I saw some beautiful pictures on the wall in there as well. Were they drawn by the children? Yes, they were, yes. Mm, really nice. I noticed on your large whiteboard in the office that there were some drop-in groups is that right we have um different groups every week we've got a men's group who Mm -hmm. meet every tuesday evening we we are open until eight o'clock and Mm -hmm. that's to make sure that people who are still working can still access the services so the men's group it's a very informal group and it's a mixture of men who have cancer or, or maybe bereaved of all different ages and some talk about maybe what they're going through and they they really do support each other um and some weeks they'll play dominoes mm-hmm. and next week is their christmas party so it, it's very varied um we have the ladies group who meet on the fourth friday of the month mm-hmm. and we usually have guest speakers in or for them or something like a look good feel good day where mm-hmm. they can have advice about um if, if they're going through chemo and they lose their hair and eyebrows. Mm-hmm. So it's how to paint on eyebrows, how to look after your hair as it's grown back in, about wig care. So we have a flower arranging. We have whatever's going to help them to feel better. We also have a craft group who meet on a um, Monday afternoon. And they've been very, very busy the last few months making lots of um, handmade goods, which we've then been selling at craft fairs and in the centre here. You've been super busy here, I think. <laughs> it's fantastic. Yes. Um, what are the hurdles that you face in terms of organisation on a, on a weekly basis here? I would say um, the 
the biggest one is probably like any charity having to keep a, keep a really close eye on on the money and mm-hmm. therefore we rely on volunteers and our volunteers are absolutely amazing people who give up their time to come in every week but they are like everyone else things happen in their lives as well yeah. and they may need to take time out so mm-hmm. the the major hurdle really is um having enough volunteers to provide the cover because if we we don't have volunteers here then we we would have to close the services some days Mm -hmm. which we really are reluctant to do we need to make sure that we are here and open five Mm -hmm. days a week can the volunteers be anybody yes yes anybody at all obviously we we are looking for a certain type of person and because on some days, not every day, but some days it can be quite emotionally draining. So people with, with life experience mm-hmm. and the capacity to be able to listen, um, but certainly not try to fix anything. All, yeah. all we do is listen to people um, and we, we don't we don't give them any sort of, you know, it's, if a friend isn't well, we all want to say, don't worry, you'll, you'll be better soon, don't worry about it. But we can't say that here because we don't know. So it's just very much listening to what the people have to say to us. In that kind of scenario, how do you define a success from the organization's perspective? I would say a success to us is when a client comes through the door and they are extremely upset and worried after their diagnosis to see them go through the treatment, use the services, um, and then to go out of the door and say, thank you very much, I don't need you anymore. I've got my life back and I'm feeling better. And that is a success for us. How does that make you feel when you see something like that happen? It's lovely to see. Um, It's very humbling because Mm -hmm. they deal with their cancer in in such a way, yes, they might have tears, they might talk about their concerns, but they are, I would say, without exception, all of the clients who have come through the door have been absolutely wonderful people. So to see them come through that and then go forward in life to be able to enjoy the rest of their life, it, it's very humbling and great to see. What an amazing task to perform. Um, quite incredible. You must need quite a bit of energy to work here and do the job that you do where does that come from um it comes certainly just from from my passion for the job this Mm -hmm. is when i saw the job advertised I, i said that would be my dream job and it certainly is there's not a day that i think i don't want to go to work um so definitely the passion just being able to know that in some small way we, we can make a difference to someone um and i think i'm also very lucky because i don't need much sleep so <laughs> so four o'clock in the morning i'm usually up i'm looking at my diary and planning uh-huh. ahead this ability to care for people and help them where do you think it comes from personally um i think for me, all all of my family has always been in a caring profession, nursing um, and working with disabled children, social work. So I think that was very natural f- 
for me to mm-hmm. carry on that, although it wasn't always my, my career path, but it's where I should have been at the beginning of my career, I think. Uh-huh. So you found the right place eventually? Definitely, yes. Mm. You mentioned getting up at 4 a.m. sometimes. How do you organize work-life balance, or is that even possible when you're doing this? Yes, it's um, Clan is a great organization to work for, so we do have flexi time. So it, it works out both ways. Yes, I might um, be working late late at night at a fundraising do or at a weekend, but um, we're very much encouraged to take time back as well. So in terms of a work-life balance, it, it's excellent. Mm. How are the the laws and the rules and the regulations related to running an organization like this? Does it get complicated? It doesn't really get complicated. I think like any other business, um, you just have to have all of your policies and procedures in place. And as long as they're there and everyone understands them and works to them and keeps up with the, you know, the changes in terms of health and safety, um, then it's absolutely fine. The feeling that I had when I walked in to the building was one of calm, relaxation, friendliness. How are you able to create that kind of environment? I think it's to do with the the staff and the volunteers, the people who are here, um, who very much understand that if someone is going through cancer or supporting a person with cancer, then the last thing they need is chaos if they come in here. So we, we try always to keep it a very calm place, but it's also a very cheerful place. Um, a lot of people think there wouldn't be any laughter here, but it's quite the opposite. Mm-hmm. We, you can quite often, if I'm working in the office, I'll hear you know people laughing out loud um, a lot, and it's a very friendly, caring place to mm-hmm. be. There's also an element of health connected to being able to enjoy moments as well and i think with the a youtube channel that the clan has i watched some of the videos that were on there where there were interviews with some of the clients and they were talking about the positive feelings and the impact the positive impact that positive feelings have on their progress have you experienced that as well? Yes, yes. Clients are very, um, very kind in, in giving us feedback. Um, what we do is it's not medically medical based at all. So we, mm-hmm. we don't give any medical advice. So in those terms, people sometimes say, but what do you do to help? Yeah. And it's it's very simple. We're, we're here to listen and to give support and to mm-hmm. signpost and and people know that we do you know we do care for them and in in the world just now it can be a very busy place so having somewhere where people actually just sit and give you the time to listen and we have plenty of time we're we're Mm -hmm. open five days a week we're in forest and Lossiemouth, so we have more than enough time to listen to people i noticed also when i came in that there were quite a large number of cookbooks on the shelf Yes, yeah. Um, Is there something related to that topic that helps some of the people? 
Well, we, we just always try to promote healthy living. Mm-hmm. Um, cancer, unfortunately, regardless of how well you look after yourself, will always, you know, always be there. But if you can look at, especially after a diagnosis, look at your diet, what you're eating, and make sure that you are living as healthy a lifestyle as possible while you're going through maybe chemotherapy or radiotherapy. Mm-hmm. So we do try to promote that. And we, we have a nutritionist who can, will come along and give sessions and advice as well about that. Oh, wow, fantastic, fantastic. Are there any misconceptions that people have about the organization? Are there any, is there any information which people have, which is maybe incorrect or something about how the organization works or operates? I don't think there's a misconception, but I do think a lot of people still don't know what we do. Mm-hmm. I know certainly we can, we get groups of people or um, clinicians visit in the center and they all, without exception, say, I had no idea that you did so much. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think some people think that we're a shop on the high street. Um, So it's really important that we get out there and promote the services because if people don't know, then they're going to miss out on the support that we can offer them. And people will come in and say, I wish I wish I'd known you were there six months ago when I was diagnosed. What are the statistics now for people being affected with the cancer it's one in two now that's huge it's absolutely massive it's huge and if it's one in two people who are going to have cancer then that's every one of us who's going to be affected by it um luckily there are there's more research there's more advancements in treatment so hopefully people are still going to live longer throughout it but that's the diagnosis now, one in two. Mm-hmm. How does the future look for the organization? What are the plans that you have or the visions for maybe next year? For next year, I think um, we are very much going to continue as we have done, mm-hmm. providing the services and just building on that. We very much want to be in local communities mm-hmm. um, and make sure that there is a centre within reach of, of everyone across the northeast, but at the same time we, we don't want to grow too quickly. We've expanded quite a lot in the last few years, so I think a bit of consolidation for the time being, mm-hmm. and just to carry on providing the services that we are. If you could wave a magic wand and change one thing about the organisation very quickly right now, what would you change? About the organisation? Well, maybe there's something that you'd like to have that you don't have. Um, no. No, no it, I think we, we're doing just, <laughs> just um, great. I'm sure there must be something we, we could improve on. But I think for what mm-hmm. we do, um, we've, we've in the last few years, we've opened new premises in Crimmond and in Varuri, mm-hmm. which are absolutely fantastic. Um, the the only thing we do need to do because in Elgin we've been in this centre for um, coming up to seven years, mm-hmm. and we need to give it a, a wee refurbishment. Uh-huh. So we'll be doing that next year and hopefully spruce it up a bit mm. again. Mm. Um, but we 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 are constantly reassessing the services. Where do we need to be? 
um, and making sure that we are opening up where people need us. So we never sit back and uh, say, okay, everything's fine. We're always reassessing. What could the community do more to support this organisation? Firstly, I would say spread the word, which which people are very good at doing. If they've used the services, um, Clan is is very lucky to have such a good reputation across Murray. But basically, just to to spread the word that we're here, let people know, and also if anyone was interested in volunteering, it's we ask for three hours a week of people's time and they receive full training on listening and support and continued training throughout their volunteering. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that people can do with their pay in order to support the organisation? Yes, we do have monthly given um, where they can pay direct from the bank account to us. And that, that can be a, a very minimum donation, whatever they like to do. Uh, mm-hmm. We do have that. Or if they just want to maybe help out for a small amount of time, um, when we are going backpacking on the 13th and 14th of December, um, just helping out at, at events like that, it's it's really important that we have people there. We, myself and uh, my colleague Julie work five days a week and then we work weekends as well to do fundraising so help there would be fantastic with all of this important work how do you find time to relax that's very easy I live um, right by the sea so I head home get mm-hmm. my dog and walk on the beach mm-hmm. and um just meeting friends, family, socialising, but also at, at the end of the day here, there's always someone to talk to. So if we've, if anyone's experienced a difficult day, we never leave without talking to each other and making sure that we don't take any of any of anyone else's concerns and problems home with us because we we don't we can't take that home to our families. Mm-hmm. Working in an environment like this, you must pick up some useful tips or life advice that uh, people could employ daily in their lives or even businesses could employ daily within their businesses. Is there any general advice you would give to people about the way that they live their lives or to businesses about the way that they run their businesses? Um, my my only piece of advice, and this is a very personal, mm-hmm. is don't stress about the little things. If you've got your health, get out there and enjoy it because that's what counts. And just live every day. Mm. Health is wealth, I think. It is, definitely. For almost everybody, if not everybody. And unfortunately, some people don't realise that until it's too late and they mm-hmm. don't have their health. Yep, so true, so true. If you take a little step back in time, say 10, 15 years, could you imagine yourself doing what it is that you're doing today? Absolutely, yes. Yeah? Do you feel that it was something that was destined? Yes, I really do, yeah. If there's anybody out there who would like to follow a similar career path, what 
advice would you give to them about um, getting into this area of work, which which is really not something easy. It's a very serious line of work, and I think that it takes a lot of time, effort, energy, dedication to do it. Um, so what could you advise people? Um, I think my first advice would, would be you need to be quite a strong person, quite resilient, um, not... There's a, a very fine balance between being over-emotional, but mm-hmm. obviously we, we care very much for the clients who come through the door. Um, and just general life skills. I, mm-hmm. I, I personally couldn't have done this job when I was in my 20s, mm-hmm. but um, I think if you've lived a little, then that really helps drawing all of your life skills to um, each situation. Also... It depends on what sort of qualifications you have. Um, I, d- I don't think they're quite so important as life skills, but qualifications do help mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, for sure. Are there any skills that you've picked up along the way in the past in previous occupations or jobs that you've needed to employ within your present work? Yes, quite a few. Um, from I worked in a really fast-paced retail um, environment, mm-hmm. and it was on your feet, thinking constantly, and having to manage over 400 people um, with various problems. And it was during mm-hmm. doing that work and having to listen to people. But it's also important to understand that everyone's human, and if you support people in the right way they'll certainly give a lot more back to the business. So I think that was a very important skill, treating everybody equally and really appreciating your staff and your your team around you because without them, you're nothing and nothing is going to succeed without a good team in place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. What is the best way for people to reach out and contact the organisation? Um. Well, just to come into the centre, um, come in and talk to the volunteers or the staff if they want any more information. We've also got a very good website, um, mm-hmm. which they can have a look at then or pick up the phone. We have people phoning on a daily basis, asking for information and advice. So there's so many different ways to contact us. Are there social media pages as well? There are. There's social media on Facebook on um, LinkedIn and Twitter. I would like to take this opportunity to thank you for your time and effort and energy in dedicating yourself to the work that you do. And I would like to wish you and this organization a very successful future because I think what you do is very powerful and I think there's a lot that a lot of people can learn from getting involved. So I want to wish you the best for the future and say thank you very much for inviting me here today. Thank you. Thank you so much, G. You're very welcome. Made in Mari is a product of the Academy of Language Therapy and Life Coaching. 
Book a free online personal or professional development consultation today. What are you waiting for?